The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. I'm very happy to launch this podcast. I think it's pretty good timing too, given that it's Stress Awareness Month. Uh, Although with the current pandemic, I think we're all very much aware of stress. Uh, In fact, in the health support groups that I belong to, uh, there's definitely been an uptick in reported health issues due to stress. Uh, But anyway... Thank you very much for giving this podcast a try, and I'll do my level best to deliver quality content to you each week. So let's jump in. So I thought it was only fitting for the first episode to cover what is perfect stress. What is it? Because after all, it's sort of this oxymoron, isn't it? Perfect stress. Um, And it really can have several meanings, um, one of which is a perfect level of stress in the context of how much you should work and and push yourself towards your goals. So I define that perfect level of stress as the highest stress level that you can withstand without triggering symptoms. So if you cross that line, you'll trigger symptoms. Now, how do you know where that line is for you? Um, What I call your threshold number. Um, How do you know how close you are to that number each day? And how does that information ultimately help you? Um, We'll be covering all that and more uh, in future episodes. But basically, I invented a system for monitoring chronic stress. Uh, And you can check it out if you want. Just go to mystressalarm.com. And that's all I'll say about that right now. Uh, But again, the website is mystressalarm.com. Now, about the threshold number, it does take some time for the system to gather enough data to give you a reliable number, at least 60 days. Um, and that's really true for any type of algorithm. You know, there, there needs to be enough data, right, um, to produce accurate and reliable information from it. Um, and I should mention that while it does take a, a while to get your initial threshold number, a funny thing happens when you start logging data about yourself. Just the very act of doing so is therapeutic. It makes you more aware um, and begins to have a positive impact on your decision making well before you get your threshold number. So uh, instead of simply squeezing things into your schedule, you'll start using more discretion when planning your day. Um, So there are immediate benefits to chronic stress monitoring, albeit not the main reason you're signing up for, right? You want that threshold number. And once you do get it, uh, it's basically a guide uh, as you monitor your chronic stress levels. Um, Not unlike monitoring anything else, your weight, blood pressure, blood sugar, uh, and so on, uh, against some acceptable range. Now, one thing you don't want to do is to aim for your stress level to be just under your threshold number, because you want to give yourself a cushion for unforeseen circumstances, unexpected events, uh, as well as tasks that you may have underestimated. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that chronic stress monitoring is not an exact science. So there's some margin of error. Uh, So just because you may technically be under your threshold number doesn't guarantee that you won't flare up. 
the whole purpose of monitoring your chronic stress is to, well, number one, increase your awareness of it, but also to empower you to make data-driven decisions. Specifically, and this may come off sounding a bit weird to some folks, but the ability to take calculated risks with your health, which is a game changer for sure. What do you mean taking calculated risks with your health? What are you, crazy? Well, if you think about it, we do take risks with our health every day, do we not? I mean, this life is full of perils. There's no way around it. Uh, the pandemic we're going through right now is an unfortunate reminder of that. Um, but the best example of risking your health every day is getting in a car. There are over 30,000 deaths in the U.S. every year from car accidents. And that's not even counting severe injuries. Um, but, but over 30,000 deaths every year in the U.S., uh, from car accidents, which statistically speaking is pretty low, which is why we don't even think about it when we get in a car, but we're still taking that risk. And even if you're a great driver, you could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It happens. Uh, in fact, I was thinking how reliant we really are on our fellow drivers, aren't we? I mean, I go down single lane roads all the time. Just one time, one time a car goes over that double yellow line, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm swerving into a tree or hitting the car head on. Either way, I'm a goner. Uh, now, another example of risking your health every day is in the kitchen. You can get burned, chop a finger off. Boy, this is a joyful podcast, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I think you get the point. And it's not just your everyday perils either. I mean, we risk our health in the name of achieving and reaching for our goals and dreams. Um, and this gets into a philosophical discussion about, you know, should every decision you make be based on how healthy it is for you? What are you being healthy for? Or more broadly, what are you living for? What's your purpose in life? So an extreme example of people risking their health to achieve some goal uh, would be climbing Mount Everest. If you're planning to climb Mount Everest, you definitely want to make sure you have good health insurance. You might want to apply or, or increase your life insurance, too, while you're at it, just in case. What about NFL players? Should they all quit and get desk jobs? Be a lot less chance of getting a concussion. Heck, even working out. Working out. Something we do because it's good for our health. Has its risks as well. There's a reason gyms make you sign a waiver, after all. So there are many examples of how we take risks with our health every day. Now, a less obvious example, but just as real, are the health risks from chronic stress due to overworking uh, as we strive to fulfill all our uh, obligations and responsibilities. And on top of all that, squeezing in time for goals such as taking classes after work or starting a side business uh, or doing volunteer work, fitness goals, any number of things. Now, you know that chronic stress isn't good for you. And it's no fun either, by the way. But you not only take the risk, you do so blindly in that you're plugging away at your work, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. And by the way, that's not a criticism. I understand. I was in the same boat. Because the fact is, you're driven to succeed and you feel that you have to put a certain amount of time in towards your goals if you want to have any decent chance of achieving them. It's that simple. You have a natural drive or, or what they call intrinsic motivation. And that natural drive is part of who you are. You can't change that any more than you can make yourself taller. 
And that's important because you'll hear things like it doesn't have to be either or and, you know, good health is an integral part of success. And I'll be addressing that in future episodes. Uh, But the point of all this is that monitoring your chronic stress helps to mitigate the health risks of overworking, a risk that you may already be taking. Now, admittedly, it's a somewhat reactive approach to stress management. Uh, I call it a uh, collision avoidance system for stress. But it does address one's immediate concern of triggering symptoms. It's also really simple. And it's also something that you can easily stick to as well because um, it doesn't require the upfront commitment of, say, hiring a coach and going through the coaching sessions and the daily nudging and the check-ins or using some app where you have to uh, put in everything from food intake to water consumption and medications and weight and physical activity and workouts and mood. Good luck trying to find time to actually work on your goals, right, if you're putting all that in each day. Uh, But I want to make it clear, I'm not knocking coaching or or any of these apps. I'm just saying, if you suspect stress is your main trigger, then to me, chronic stress monitoring is definitely the place to start. That's all I'm saying. Then over time, you can position yourself long-term to keep productivity high while also maintaining good work-life balance. So you're not always hovering near or around that threshold number. And in future episodes, we'll discuss how to do just that Uh, by using my sustainability planning matrix, it's called. Sounds very fancy, Uh, but uh, as as with chronic stress monitoring, the premise is quite simple. So anyway, that's it. Thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try mystressalarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's mystressalarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success, and remember, stress less to be your best.